Welcome to the Connect Kindness Podcast, where we connect people with organizations to inspire kindness. I'm your host, Crystal Aziz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Evans. In today's episode, we interview Aaron Christopher Sisk, the founder of Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga. Their mission is to support retired racehorses, which then they retrain to therapy horses. Equine Assist Learning connects therapy horses with vulnerable members of the community. Both adults and children can participate in their therapeutic programs. Erin shares with us how she was able to combine her career with her love for horses to create a nonprofit that is truly making a difference. We learn about the horses that she uses in her therapy and how she is able to use them in promoting therapeutic wellness and mental health treatment. So without further ado, this is our interview with Erin Christopher Sisk, the founder of Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga. Thank you so much for joining us on the Connect Kindness podcast today. Can you share with our listeners what is Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga and what needs do you guys actually serve? So Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga is a charity organization um, located right in the heart of um, horse racing country in Saratoga Springs, New York. And uh, our organization's mission is to rescue retired racehorses and use them in therapeutic programs. So that means um, racehorses come off the track um, and we can often take them in and um, transition them into a place where they become an actual therapeutic animal. What is your background and how did you get involved with uh, working with therapeutic horses? I am a psychologist by training and many years ago started using uh, dogs as a tool in my work and found that to be incredibly um, rewarding, not only from my end, but also certainly very successful in helping people work through emotional struggles. And um, simultaneously, my husband and I became racehorse owners And when the time came for our first racehorse to retire, because he had some injuries, um, we realized there weren't a lot of options for retired racehorses. Um, And so my passion for um, animals and my work as a psychologist kind of came together with the idea that we would try using racehorses as uh, a tool in my work. And, you know, it took a lot of trial and error at the time. Um, Equine assisted mental health counseling was not a thing. And so I was just sort of tinkering around with it, but my patients really enjoyed it. Um, I could see the positive impact on them in their healing process. And I also witnessed the pleasure that the horses took in working with people in that capacity as well. So it just sort of grew from there. That's pretty cool. And that was another reason why we wanted to feature you on Connect Kindness, because we hadn't heard of another organization, you know, doing exactly what you've been doing, which was not only helping the horses, but also helping humans at the same time, right? So that's that's what you guys do. Yeah. I recently, my first uh, racetrack maybe about three years ago uh, so it wasn't something that I was familiar with but it was pretty cool to be in a racetrack and watch the horses and just how everyone's all into it you know they're they're consumed of what's going on I guess could you tell us a little bit more the difference of like an actual horse versus a racehorse 
And then also like the life cycle of a racehorse and how long before they retired. Sure. Um, there's two kind of main types of racehorses. Um, there are thoroughbred racehorses and those are the ones that you see at racetracks where there's a jockey on their back and, um, and they race that way. There's also um, standard bred racehorses and those horses um, race with what's called a sulky. It's like a, a cart um, attached to them and the driver um, sits in that cart and directs the horse from there. Um, so racehorses can, you know, come in different types. Um, but ultimately they start racing often around the age of two and they might race, you know, depending on their health and their success, they might race, you know, until they're six years old. Sometimes with the standard breads, they, they race a little bit longer in their life, but horses can live 30 years or more. Um, we currently have a horse in our program that's 32. Wow. So um, there's a lot of life to live after the race horsing or the race horse days are done. Um, and they often will um, transition into other types of um, jobs or careers. Sometimes they're rescued and um, people use them as um, pleasure horses just for riding. Sometimes people use them for competitive um, purposes, you know, hunt, hunter jumper work, um, dressage, but there's also a fair amount of horses that retire with injuries that um, prevent them from being used in those ways. And that's where the real challenge lies for, um, you know, where do those horses go? With the horses that you guys um, adopt, uh, do you guys focus on ones that have injuries, one that have certain health concerns? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have a niche that I think is particularly helpful um, because we can take horses that have various different ailments or disabilities, um, whereas they're not as um, adoptable to other programs. So our horses um, are not ridden as part of our programs. When they become a therapy horse, their job really is to just safely be a horse around people and act like any horse would. Um, we interject, you know, um, people, we put people in the paddock with them and um, their main training is just to be able to um, interact safely with human beings. So that means as long as they can walk comfortably um, and graze comfortably, we're, we're okay with taking them. We have a horse currently that's blind in one eye. Um, we adopted another horse last year that had a neurological issue that um, made it difficult for him to be coordinated. He could walk just fine, but in terms of, you know, any kind of faster movement, his, his um, coordination was really poor. For, you know, for our purposes, that's completely fine. It's like a clumsy um, horse. That's yeah. It. yeah. We can take the clumsy horses. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Can you go into details uh, 
about you know the programs that you offer? Sure. Um, so we work in partnership with licensed mental health um, programs in our area. And so we offer um, equine assisted mental health therapy for really all ages, all walks of life. Um, but we do have some specialized programs. We work with veterans that have um, post-traumatic stress disorder or really any kind of um, emotional difficulties that they may be experiencing. Um, we have a specialized veterans program. Um, we also work with children. We offer educational programs for schools. We'll do virtual field trips. Um, we've had Girl Scout troops come out. Um, all sorts of you know organizations from the community will come and learn about what we do. Um, and we will also go to take our horses on the road to any kind of event that you know is in support of the community. So um, we like to go to annual walks for prevention of suicide, for example. And um, we've also taken our horses to family wellness days for military personnel in our area. Our horses really enjoy um, hitting the road and getting out in the community to meet people. So we take them, you know, out whenever we can. That's awesome. How many horses do you guys have? And like, what are the costs associated with running the programs, you know, keeping those horses? Sure. Um, I think we currently have 12 horses in our program. Right. And, um, and the horses come to us for life. So I think, you know, that's the other piece we when we take them in, we're committing to them um, for the rest of their life, whatever that looks like. But um, the cost, you know, can certainly vary depending on the health of the horse. Um, as you can imagine, medical bills for a horse are pretty pricey. Um, and also horses eat a lot. <laughs> so um, even though, you know, it's probably one of those things that people don't think about very much, but they are, they have um, very hearty appetites. So generally speaking, the cost of one horse um, in our program for the year is ten to $11,000. Wow. So it's pretty, you know, significant. Um, and, you know, we rely on our donors and also donations that come from our programs to fund that. Um, and like I said, we, we really are try to be careful that we are, um, keeping the program financially sound so that we're sure that we're taking good care of the horses at all times. Uh, 2020 was an insane year <laughs> to say yes. the least. <laughs> what would you say, what was your, your biggest takeaway from, uh, 2020 running your, your organization? Um, you know, we, I continue to learn from the horses. Um, that's always kind of my go-to to think about like, okay, what's going on in my world and what can um, the horses and their natural instincts teach me? And um, they literally are just amazingly adaptable creatures that are able to think on their feet and just change with what the world, um, as the, as the world evolves around them. So I guess that has been what we have really had to focus on. Um, and probably many charity organizations, we've just had to think on our feet, like how do we deal with this situation and still put 
you know, all of the priorities and needs of our program first. So with the, the exact, the exact same thing, um, just have to, to have to roll with it. You know, yeah. you can be mad at, you can be as mad as you want, but you just have to have to roll with it and kind of learn on the go for sure. Yeah. And the horses too have, um, horses have an incredibly calming energy to them. Um, even race horses that have, you know, when they're on the track, they're, they are really high energy athletes, but, you know, as soon as they come off that track and they're kind of back into just being a horse, they have this calming energy that just, um, as humans, it, it tends to draw us in and just help us center ourselves. So thank goodness. I mean, for, for myself and all of our um, team and volunteers at THS, we get to be around them and just sort of recharge um, through that peacefulness that they offer us. But, um, you know, certainly 2020 has thrown a lot of curveballs our way. <laughs> Tim, we needed a horse. Man. I know, I was about to say that. I'm like, we needed a horse for sure. <laughs> Bring some calming, some zen to our lives. Yes, <laughs> but it is a new year. You know, we're excited for what this new year holds and all the possibilities. You know, I think there's only one direction that everyone can go in right now, and that's up, right? And that's moving yeah. forward. Um, so we are excited about that. Um, in your experience, just life experience, if you could give anyone advice, what would it be? It could be about the nonprofit. It could be about horses. It could be about anything that you want. Um, what would you like to share? I guess um, I would like to share that, you know, staying true to your passions um, really helps good things to come from that. Um, you know, this organization has been such a pleasure to, to work with and develop. Um, and the reason why that's such a pleasure is because I feel so passionately about um the power, the healing power of horses and helping horses and, and animals in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just sort of naturally good things unfold. I mean, just connecting with the two of you, you know, I, that never would have happened if um, I personally wasn't following this passion of mine and you're doing the same. So I guess, you know, just staying true to that is really important in my opinion. It's great advice. Um, where do you see um, the long-term vision for therapeutic courses of, of Saratoga? Well, I like to think big um, and thankfully we have board members and others that do the same. Um, I would love to see therapeutic courses of Saratoga have locations all over the country um, where people are receiving this really awesome type of um, mental health care with horses and simultaneously, um, you know, hundreds if not thousands of retired racehorses are being adopted and permanently cared for um, through the, the therapeutic courses of Saratoga programs. So one of the things we're working on is how to replicate our what we do so that we can help others do the same. Um, and hopefully in the future, you'll see, you know, places pop up all over 
there's there's horses to be rescued everywhere and certainly as people we all could use um you know a little help with our our mental functioning absolutely i love what y'all are doing and i know our listeners will as well uh for the listeners who want to get involved with y'all um how can they get in touch with you and your organization um, our website's probably the easiest place. It's um, thsaratoga.org. And um, there, there's, you know, options for donating, for getting involved by volunteering. Um, and we have, you know, a really great team of people that will would be glad to connect if people have questions or are interested in, you know, any information about our programs. Perfect, perfect. Erin, we just want to say thank you for taking the time today to just share about your passion and all the amazing work that you guys are doing. Um, Tim and I are going to be lifelong followers, so we just can't wait till your empire blows up. And if you ever have a location in Houston, please, 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 please let us know because we would love to enjoy some horses and learn more about what you do. Uh, But we just want to say thank you. Just we really do appreciate this and um, we hope our listeners love it too. My pleasure. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Connect Kindness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShareGiveDo. And please remember, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion.